beginning. So welcome to the Grief Dreams podcast. My name is Sean Ram alongside special guest co-host Jade Black. Jade, how are you today? I'm really well, Sean. Thanks for asking. Awesome. So let's get right into it. We have guests with us today, special guests as they all are special. His name is Jay Wesley. He is a prose poet born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Since 2007, much of his work aims to inspire while focusing on relationships from a male perspective. Uh, Jay Wesley believes the communication gap can be bridged between genders by getting them to understand emotions and feelings are not gender specific. His first book, From Heartbreak to Love Notes, was published in March 2016 and has been sold throughout the U.S. and across five continents. His work can be found on www.writehiswrongs.com, and that's right with, as in write, W-R-I-T-E, and on most social networks under Write His Wrongs. Jay, welcome. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on. So are you still located in New York right now? Yeah, I'm currently located in Brooklyn, New York. Wow, that's pretty incredible. Um, Mm -hmm. So born and raised in Brooklyn. That must have been where a lot of your inspiration has come from. Absolutely. I grew up in an area called uh, Flatbush, where a lot of West Indians reside. My family's from Jamaica. So Brooklyn. Wow, that's uh, very similar to Toronto. Oh, yeah, I know Toronto. I actually travel to Toronto for Carabana, and I have a lot of family out in Toronto. That's right. Amazing festival, Carabana, taking place end of July. And, uh, you know, we have a large Caribbean community, uh, you know, from all over, Jamaican, Trinidad, Guyana. So amazing. Awesome to kind of hear that. We come from similar areas. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. I love Canada. So let's get into the first question, which was, why inspire others? I feel like everybody has a purpose, and I think one of mine is, you know, to me it's like when you reach this, you know, when you're here, and before you leave, it's what did you did you make this world a better place? That's why I always ask my friends, leave this world better than you left it. And so I didn't know that I had the ability through writing to evoke emotions in others, and uh, you know, I've been writing for some time and. Through my words, I've been able to help people heal with some pretty, I guess, traumatic, you know, times in their lives when it comes to relationships. So that was my purpose. I found it through words. And, you know, it was challenging at first because I'm not the best at communicating verbally, or I wasn't back then. But then I used my purpose to help inspire others. So not only have I been able to help people heal, I've also inspired others to pick up the pen and tend their thoughts in the process. So that's kind of my way of leaving the world a better place. Did did this come about in high school? Like, is that where you kind of felt your passion from writing develop? Is that where you were kind of coming up with um, your pieces and poetry? Is you saw the world like that, or like when when did you first kind of figure out that hey, you know, I'm I'm kind of good at this? Not at all. Actually, my dad used to joke around and say. If he ever wants to hide anything from me, he would put it in a book. And uh, <laughs> so, so, you know, it's funny now that, I'm, I, you know, for me to become a published author, it's actually pretty hilarious. I didn't discover it. I discovered it maybe about nine years ago. And uh, I was in a really very turbulent relationship. And uh, one day I, we had gone into an argument and I wrote the opposite of how I felt 
at that moment. It was just myself at the computer, and I just started typing. And, you know, I kind of just banged out and started typing while having a, having having some cognac. And when I was done, I created a piece called Before I Say I Do. And at that moment, I realized that this is not what love is supposed to feel like. This is what it's, what, in my on my in my opinion, it's supposed to feel like so I wrote about it, and I shared it with some friends, and they absolutely fell in love with it. And so what I learned then is that you can turn pain into beauty, and that's when I kind of, that's when I started to slowly develop into a writer. And I think the path over the last three or four years, I just started to take it more seriously. So was it, it you were writing something that was opposite of what you were feeling? Is did I hear that correctly? Absolutely, absolutely. And that developed into some passionate piece of writing. What can can yeah. you give us a? What was it that you were writing about? Like you were, I know you're writing actually, about a relationship, but yeah, it was actually what I want to feel before I get married, and so that's why the name of the the piece was called before, before, um, before I say I do, and it was just mm. talking about how you know what love is supposed to feel like. This is what I'm supposed to be giving, but also this is what I want to receive, and then. That's when I realized that instead of getting angry and possibly having arguments, instead of doing that, I would just pick up the pen and write. So writing was more of an escape for me. It was a hobby. It wasn't something I took seriously until I started seeing, you know, some of the results from the impact that it made. Because I started a WordPress and people started writing me, you know, I got I received an email from Africa and they're like, listen, I'm here in Nigeria. We absolutely love you. And I said, how did you even find me? And I just continued. Instead of like maybe if I was down, it was my escape. I would just pick up the pen. And that's how it just slowly it started. It started to slowly develop into something special. Amazing. So you weren't really into reading and writing when you were younger? Like, because a lot of writers have, like, I was really into reading books and, like, mm-hmm. writing a lot when I was when I was little. Like, I remember keeping a journal and stuff when I was little, and, like, it's mm-hmm. been a part of my whole life has been writing. But I think it's really cool that, that it was. It's kind of sounds like it's been ha- kind of lurking under the surface until you, you know, just really started nursing it nine years ago. And it's, I just think that's cool how some people have, these passions and these jewels that they don't really realize are jewels until, you know, the right time. Absolutely. In, in college, I took a philosophy course. And I remember sitting in class one day and I said, it would be great if someone would quote me 200 years from now. And, uh, you know, like back in the day, like AOL, I would always have, you know, some deep away message, but not really putting two and two together. I was slowly writing then. Yes. Everyone say, yeah, and like I said, like years later, it just blossomed into something special. But yeah, as a kid, I wanted to be a photographer. (laughs) Well, still a creative outlet. So that's yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, can you speak on what you've learned about emotions through the relationship, through the writing? Um, We learned so much from intimate relationship, so much, and there's so much emotion wrapped up in intimate relationships. So can you just kind of let us know what you've learned about emotions and then talk a little bit about the communi- your perspective of the communication gap between genders and how that influences you? So speaking to your question on emotions or what I've learned about, you know, emotions, one of the, you know, in the and I think when you were going through the bio, one of the things that says it's not gender specific. And so with writing, 
I'm putting words on paper, but I'm you don't really would you ever see any of my pieces say he or men and women. I just write words, and what you're seeing, what you'll see from the response is that women are like, wait, I know exactly what you're feeling like, or I know exactly what you're going through, and so that's why it's you kind of know it, but it's just not always showcased. Emotionally, we feel the same things, men and women. Uh, I like I said, my family's from Jamaica, and so we're not honestly the most expressive when it comes to emotions. Like as a kid, if I fell down and scraped scraped up my knee, my mom said, "Get up and walk it off." It wasn't like, "Hey, come here, lovey dovey, let me nurse you and care." You know, they loved you, but they showed it differently. But they yes. weren't necessarily very expressive. That's in right. regards to emotion. So through writing, I realized that, wait, emotions are also displayed differently. Some are verbal. Some do it through touch. Some do it through uh, acts of service, if you know, if you ever read the uh, five love languages. So that's I was just thinking I, that right before you said that. I was thinking, oh, the languages of love. That's right. That's right. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's definitely something. And any anyone in a relationship, I don't know if you're, if you're married or just dating or and starting to take it seriously, I think that's a great book to also read as the five love languages. Just kind of yes. see where your partner is coming from and just making sure that you're catering to their emotional needs and whatever other needs, whether it's physical or spiritual. It's, I think it's very important. And so that's one thing I've learned about emotions. And then in regards to communication, through writing, I realized I started to understand the importance of communicating. And when I also, so if my name is Right His Wrongs, and being that I wasn't very good at verbally communicating with, you know, you know, past girlfriends, it was kind of my way to kind of say I'm sorry and make amends. It's kind of like that person that can text you everything you want to say, but they're standing right in front of you yeah. and they're mute, right? So, like, yeah. I was kind of that person, but it's because of the, you know, maybe it's, it's actually because of the family structure that I have, that we show you, we don't necessarily tell you. And so no matter how hard I was telling them or showing them that I loved them, they weren't hearing it. And when we had risks, then I would kind of shut down. So right his wrongs was literally me writing my wrongs, but actually through words and kind of making amends. But in time, I learned so much and I matured a lot that I'm laying myself down on paper, but then now I'm kind of shining a light and leading the way on a, like a completely different journey that I never thought I would be at the forefront of. And it's all due to, it's actually a lack of communication and that has, you know, become a platform to over, I guess, communicating if that's even a thing, because I just throw all the emotions out there on paper just so people can read, deal, heal, and just also be able to start communicating with their partners. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And that all resonates with me so deeply. And I think to to alter our perspective on what we think communication is, because, you know, people are exactly like you said, some people can text their heart out or they can, you know, some people can speak their heart out in, in anger or in passion or in sadness and then and be unable to express it with art or with writing. Like people have just different avenues that, that they allow things to to be said. Some people speak very loudly without ever saying a word. And so I think it's about just understanding all the different forms that communication takes and being open to receiving 
all those different forms because I mean, although writing happens to be my, you know, my favorite form of communication, words are so powerful and so beautiful. I think just, you know, being open to to, to all different kinds of communication is, is really important and um, it allows for a lot of diversity and it's just very, very cool avenue of doing that. So, um, so what, what led you to write the book then? How did you get from these AOL away messages and the poetry and the you know, writing these theoretical letters to your, you know, your girlfriend or or your future self about, you know, requirements for marriage and stuff. How did it get from that to a published book? Yeah, so I initially, years ago, I started a WordPress blog and my friends would just chime in and reach out to me like, Horace, you need to write a book. And Horace, you need to write a book. You know, write a book, write a book. And I'm like, no. I don't want to write a book. I, I, for the longest time, I wouldn't call myself a, a writer. I'll call myself a, I would call myself a, a thought sharer because I didn't consider myself a writer. All I was doing was putting putting words on paper, and like I, it's so it's so vulnerable, just expressing yourself that way. That's even how I came up with the the name Jay Wesley because. My my I'm I'm a junior, so the J is actually for the junior. Wesley is my middle name, and it allowed me to keep my identity without actually putting myself out there. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, my friends, like I said, they're like, write this book, write this book, and I said, you know what, it's time. And I started the Instagram page, and that that started doing okay. I actually almost quit writing two times, and. Also, I was in a relationship, you know, preparing to get married, and I I wanted to put myself in a in a position where I'm one following a passion, and two placing myself in a position where I'm happy about the work that I do, and I'm putting myself in a, a position myself in a place where I can provide for my future family, you know, my future wife, and you know, children, if you know God allowed that to happen. And so I said it would start with me creating my own company and publishing this book. And all the I feel like all the pieces of the puzzle were in place at that time. Like I was writing consistently. I now had more confidence to put my work out there. I was on, you know, Instagram and all other social sites doing my thing and and that's what was initially the catalyst for me to put the book together. And it's from heartbreaks to love notes, and it actually is a journey of when I made a lot of mistakes in life, and so that's why it literally starts from heartbreaks, and it ends with love notes when he finally understands what relationships are about. So my love note section was really me writing at a place where I was currently at, you know, smitten and in love, and and still kind of documenting other stories, but mostly a lot of what I was currently going through, and. I felt like I finally got it. And so what I wanted to do is document it, but also show other people that you can go from heartbreak and still have that happily ever after. Amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. That's that's an amazing story. And I, I mean, you can just tell that I'm sure so many of the readers of that have gained from that. Because it is a common story that people have and go through heartbreak and losses and 
you know, finding love again or thinking that they might not find love again and, and just, you know, a closed heart, open heart. So that's incredible stuff. And I wanted to ask, does with your writing, when you in the writing process and as you're writing, does that open up communication, like verbal communication more? Does that lead into being able to have more open face-to-face conversations? Absolutely. And uh, absolutely. In time, because, you know, my, my name is Horace. My pet name is Jay Wesley. But in time, it became a fusion where I was just such in the habit of writing and communicating, and, you know, on paper that it trickled into just my everyday life. And so I now, if I would have shied away from it before, it's like I actually stand, you know, stand up to it. So communicating is it's a huge part of my life. Um, definitely I'm no longer that bottle it in until you kind of erupt kind of person. It's, no, I, it's really about discussion, getting to understand where each other or how two people see the world. And it just makes life, a lot easier and a lot less hectic and a lot less static once you start to really be able to communicate with, you know, with everyone. Yeah, and I think it's like your your work too is so when I read your posts and it's you have such an element of humility in your writing and like vulnerability and it's so authentic and it's so and that to me is so refreshing because not a lot of you know, not to play the gender card, but just not a lot of men are in touch with that part of themselves. And, you know what I mean? There's this ego and, you know, a lot of times there can be this ego and this, this inability, almost like it's too painful to acknowledge some of the things that you acknowledge in your work. And so that's what really draws me to your work. Like, I'm like, wow, it's so, it's humble. And yes, I can relate to, to everything. I can, I can, if I'm honest with myself, I can connect with so much of what you put out there and it just it takes a a lot to you have to be really aware self-aware and you have to be really connected to your emotions to get to a place where you can put that out there and it's so cool because I imagine you know from what you've told me you've nurtured this part of yourself through your heartbreak and and some of it probably wasn't ideal and the best and the most fun and you know it's you came here out of heartbreak, but how beautiful it is and how human it it is. It's um it's amazing. It's really amazing. Absolutely. So it's really cool. Thank you. I, I I appreciate it. One of my favorite quotes is um I and it's very accurate and true to me, it's I've broken a lot of hearts to fix mine. And yeah. so it's there's kind of a burden also because no matter how no matter how good I become, I still have a history of not making the best choices, and I have to live with that. Yeah. And so it's really, it's really about um, not repeating mistakes. Yeah. And if and you do make a mistake, yeah, you're human. You know. And yeah, and to own up, up. Uh, and, and to own up to you know that part of you, and I think I can really relate to breaking a lot of hearts too. To yeah, know all, myself and and do things, and I too have made some decisions that. You know, I might not be the, the the most proud of, but it's it helped me to grow into you know something I'm really proud of. So that's amazing. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's and that's a great. And that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I think it's a great lesson. I think it's a great maybe tip for some 
people out there, men or women, that if you're struggling with communication, if you feel like you're you've stalled, you know, maybe try writing it out. Maybe try uh, coming at it from that angle and get to find a quiet space and, and write out your feelings and what you would like to change and what you think would be better for the future. And maybe that would be greater insight for your partner rather than just, you know, if getting into the old routine of, you know, face-to-face conversations that don't seem to go anywhere. I completely agree with that. I think you, you said it best, the old routine. Like sometimes you have to be innovative with your relationships. Like there's not a one size fit all. That's right. So we want to move into the portion on loss. And can you just share kind of have you lost anyone in your life and and what that was like? And, you know, if you've lost a few people, maybe you want to touch on one or two that's on your heart right now or just kind of share some of that with us. Yeah, um, definitely I've lost. I've lost. uh, I lost a grandmother about three years ago. I lost two amazing friends, and, uh, you know, their story's a little bit tough. I had two friends that were engaged to get married. They're going to get married, I think, Puerto Rico. This was, uh, yeah, it was a while ago. But, um, yeah, so they lived out in Jersey, and, you know, we went. They had an engagement party, so we went to drove out to Jersey to go celebrate, had a great time, hugged each other in the parking lot. Uh, went back to Brooklyn, and then the next day, well, that morning, received a phone call at 8 o'clock in the morning, and my friends that, that were engaged were murdered. And long story short, they were about, they were all young, maybe 19 and 18, two girls and a guy, and it was just happening in Jersey City, and they wanted to see what it felt like to kill somebody. And they robbed my friends while they were taking their um, wedding gifts from the car to their apartment. And that's something I haven't, even in this way, I love that you even have this podcast because it's still every day, not one day, it's been almost 10 years, and not one day has gone by where I don't think about them. And I've only seen them in my dream one time. And uh, you know that 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 was that's a tough loss, and I also lost my uh, I consider a big sister because I only have a brother, but I actually lost her almost a year to this date. Come the twenty, yeah, come actually this week, the twenty, wow. the thirtieth, the thirtieth of March. So and she used to console me because my friends they passed away on April fourth. And so it's very difficult for me to go to work that day. And she would console me. Unfortunately, I lost her last year. And so, and I saw her in a dream also one time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely familiar with uh, losing. What was, what was the, I'm so sorry to hear about your loss. That's so tragic. That's so. Yeah, it is. So what was the grief process like for like for you and you know particularly with your two well you can speak on anybody your grandmother or your two friends like um how did you how do you move through that how does how does how does that go for you and what did that look like just the different emotions that you experienced and kind of yeah how would you describe that you you need a you need a, a 
well, for my two friends, and I'll talk about that, is you need a strong support system because you cannot absolutely get through something like that by yourself. And I, I personally, I still think I still grieve, to be honest with you. I think at some point it actually, I became numb. I hurt to the point where I actually became numb or emotionally numb, or I guess maybe detached because there was so much feelings attached to their passing, anger, sorrow. You know, if I maybe didn't show up to the dinner, would they have made a different decision and maybe that wouldn't have happened? It's questions. There's so much. And I think we're all all still grieving because they were just amazing, bright spirit. And so, but what it did is shows you how strong you are and it just shows you how strong some of the bonds you have with your friends truly are to kind of weather that storm together. And so that was obviously yeah, we what, had, you, um, what you learned from that. I'm sorry, go ahead, Sean. Yeah, I was just going to say we had um, a guest, uh, Darwin Dave, and he talked about the murder of his father that happened uh, in the neighborhood where his father lived and his family lived. And just the questions that surrounded that, just like, you know, how could this happen? Like how, I can't even imagine the feelings of like, like you said, you know, resentment, hate, you know, just to have something like that happen. Um, what was that like in your circle? It was, it was, it's tough. I can't even say was because we were out on Saturday and their name comes up every time. And they were just that couple, the brightest smiles you'll ever see, the funniest man I've ever met in my entire life. And, um, yeah, as a circle, we're still impacted. It went, also, I think it showed the character of some of my friends. So rather than letting it defeat us, what, you know, some, we actually, some of my friends actually went and they started a foundation in their name. So every year, there's a wow. scholarship given to uh to two students out in Jersey and a dinner in their name. And actually, so some of the scholarship students have graduated college already. And so you took a very tragic moment and added like a positive note to it because you know that's what they would have done or that's what they would have wanted. And they live on and through yeah. our conversations and we'll never stop loving them. So. As a circle, that's one thing that we learned. It's like we're not going to let this defeat this, this defeat us, and we're also going to continue their legacy just by telling their story and having the scholarship, and just make sure just keeping their memory, you know, memory bright and clear, and just never forgetting them. Oh, that's so beautiful, and I love the way you describe them, like saying bright spirit and so funny, and all those are really positive you know, positive descriptions. And I think it's really cool that even something so tragic, you know, this podcast has had a theme of pulling beauty from darkness. And so I think it's really, I think it's it's really important to be able to focus on, you know, the positive aspects of who they were and all the ways that you guys keep their memory alive. And yeah, I think that's really important for people to do. So Yeah, it's, uh, it's a dark, dark cloud and if the silver lining though is is compassion that comes from it you know Mm -hmm. it's it's helping you guys grow as individuals as a group 
And, you know, it's amazing work because, again, you know, it really requires compassion and, and love to enter into your hearts. Um, what was the name of the scholarship? Just so we can honor the memory of your uh, friends. It's, thank you. It's called the Love Mike Nia Foundation. So, yeah, so it was, Nia, it was Michael Machoki and Nia Hat. And so we started a foundation and a name called Love Mike Nia. Wow. Really cool. So did you ever write poetry about them? Uh, so I had a dream about them one time. Yeah, so tell us the dream. Yeah. And uh, so I did a live performance, which is something I've never done. And I, I, I'm off stage and there's a, I, I feel like it was like, there was a limo waiting for me. And I jump in the back seat. And uh, I actually, oh, so I performed on stage a piece about them. And so I jump in the back seat, and they're sitting in the back seat with me. And I look, and I see Nia smiling, and Mike is, like, in the middle. So I sit right beside him. And in the dream, I still remember what happened, but it just didn't, I just, I wasn't able to really process it. So the only thing I did was I just leaped, and I just, jumped and I hugged Mike because I was closer to Mike than Nia, but we were all friends. And I just hugged Mike and Nia was just smiling. And Mike is like, thank you. That was beautiful. And wow. and so I wrote a piece about them and I think I posted it on my, on my, on, when I had the blog on WordPress. But it was okay. I didn't really, it was, it was a, it was a nice piece, but I, kind of feel like I'll see them again when I actually muster up the courage to write, uh, I think, a more moving piece and perform it. I just kind of feel like that's when I'm going to see them again. Right. And so it's always been in the back of my mind that I have to do this. It's just that it's so taxing emotionally that it's very hard for me to sit down and just think about them. But when I do, I, I, I... no, I just know that they're going to be like, yeah, thank you. You know, like that's my, like my friends in Jersey, they started the foundation. I think that's going to be my tribute in my way that they want to see me if they yeah. want to see me do it. That's really cool. And I think those those type of things and those type of experiences don't come about until it's time. And I think allowing your, you know what I mean? It's some, certain things just have to happen in, in, in time. So when you're, prepared and and in your world and in the spirit world it's you know everything's aligned and it's it's, and it's the right time for you to sit down and and do that and then subsequently share it with the world then i know that that'll be the perfect time to do it and you know and bring the most honor to them and allow you the healing as well that you require at that time so really cool that you have that in your mind and kind of you know it's a thought and an anticipation of yours Thank you. And I thank you for like just even being a guest on this podcast because it also kind of cemented the 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 fact that I have to do that. And <laughs> right. And process that. Because so, I haven't I don't think I've really ever spoken about it until today. Right. So and, and I believe I'm one of those everything happens for a reason, good and bad. Yeah, that's right. Kind of and you nothing happens by accident. Like even me being here and being invited and being a guest, like this is definitely part of the journey that I was uh, I'm supposed to be on. So that's right. Maybe yeah, maybe you might have been like 
also just a shift in the right direction in regards to me completing yeah. that part. So, right, and I, and I feel like you give me and Sean something that, that we need at this time as well. So it's okay. always working in every, for everybody's highest good, and we're all here because yeah. it's going to... Yeah, absolutely. It's good timing for all of us. Absolutely. Okay. For sure. I mean, you and you have conversations like this, you know, you're sharing thoughts and opinions, and 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 it gets into your head, and you're thinking about it. And tomorrow, I'm going to think about this conversation, and and it might impact my life, and, and I'm sure it'll impact my life in a positive way. And again, like you know, I think what I've learned from this podcast is just important to remember. It's important to have the memory of those lost, uh, the ones you've lost, and to tell that story, tell that memory, because it's an amazing one. Like, you know, even you having that dream, like, I'm just still thinking about that. Like, that was so amazing. So you just performed and now they're in the back of the limo. I was actually curious, what were they wearing? To be honest, I don't, you know what it was? I saw the face. I can literally tell you, like, that position Neil was sitting and Mike's face when I saw him. I was so glued to their face that, yeah, it's always it. weird. Like, I, I, yeah, I, there's always I, certain I, things you I, kind of pick up on, and other things you kind of leave. You don't. Yeah, really I was just it. gonna it say that. I I always have that in dreams too, where it's like certain some some dreams I can remember like every facial expression. And I know exactly what they're wearing. Other times I'm like, I can smell what's in the room. Like I know what's cooking. Oh, wow. I've had dreams where I literally like it's so vivid that I'm like I know exactly what's in the oven. I can, you know what I mean? So it's just weird how different parts of our dreams are highlighted. And it's like whatever we, I don't know, some things are kind of highlighted and other things are kind of diminished. So I guess guess during that dream it wasn't pertinent. (laughs) You might, can I share something else? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry, Sean. What are you saying? No, no, no. Go go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I kind of had an accident because, like I said, it's like the first time. Strange, strange enough, like that dream was in black and white. Now that I think about it, and I remember mm-hmm. my dream, and I don't know, but like I remember it black and white for some reason, which I don't know. Wow. So, I don't know if you've ever heard of something like that. I've, I, I, I've definitely had a black and white dream before as well. Oh, okay, yeah. But it was a grief dream, so I don't know. Seems but... rare though. Seems really rare. I think so too. <laughs> I wonder what that is. I'd have to ask Joshua and see if he has any opinions on that. Okay. Wow. We definitely Feel free to share, yeah. So in the last part of the podcast, we always ask about, you talked a little bit about dreams, and um, we'd like to ask you if you could create a dream tonight, if you could pick any dream in the world that you would have tonight of 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 a lost loved one, whether it be your grandmother, your two friends, or the sister-like figure that you lost a year ago, mm. what would that dream be and what would be the setting and what would occur in the dream? If I, I think if I could create a dream, it would be, uh, I never had an opportunity to meet any of my grandfathers. And uh, if it's one thing I wish that I could do, or maybe I've seen them, don't even know, realize that it's them, I would just love to create a dream where I could meet them somewhere in Jamaica, you know, Probably no electricity. I want it kind of just in a time setting that's similar to when they were here. And I would just like to sit down and just be amongst them. You don't even have to say much, but, you know, for them to have created my parents and to have chosen my grandmother, I like, 
if I could have, if I could sit down and with anybody in my dream, it would actually probably be to, to meet my grandfather. They both died, passed away when my parents were children. Oh, wow. What, um, what age would they be? Like, how old would you want them to be in your dream? Oh, to be honest, never thought of that. <laughs> yeah, because you, you uh, never knew them when they were grandparents, yeah. like age of grandparents. So that'd be interesting. I would want them to be like in their like 60s, though. I want them to still have that grandparent vibe. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, I get right. what you mean by that. Yeah, and have, yeah. and have that wisdom that you have when you're like in your 60s. Like I can... Yeah. You know, and just being in their presence and you just like yeah. absorbing that wisdom. And like you said, you don't even really have to talk a lot. Yeah, because grandparents treat you differently than, than they treated their children. Like, you, oh, grandparents yeah, are sure. to, to spoil you so, and teach you. Because I learned a lot also. Like, I remember, I'm sorry, I don't even mean to backtrack, but you said the power in words. And my grandma is like one of the wisest people I've ever met. Didn't graduate high school. She didn't have an opportunity to iron anything. One thing she always says is two things you cannot get back is time and the spoken word. And that's wisdom teaching you something. So I can just imagine what they would be able to teach me. And so it would be pretty dope to kind of get to meet them. Very cool. I love it. Good. What would the it. setting be like? Like what, what yeah, would, you, would, would like, you guys be around? It would be, I would say, uh, it would have to be somewhere in the country section of Jamaica. Like, it has to be mm-hmm. in the hills, sunny, outdoors, no rain, just, like, out. Maybe even maybe even doing, like, yard work or something, but because they, mm-hmm. they were workers. But it would, have, I, it would have to be a similar setting like that, fresh breeze. Maybe taking a break from the work. I feel like I'm there. <laughs> and I hope you have that dream tonight. I really do. <laughs> I, I hope so, too. That would be amazing. I'll let you know if I, if yeah, I Please do. I will. I will. Amazing. Well, what an amazing conversation this has been. It's been really cool. I've learned so much. And we're just so grateful that you come on and share your story and be so open with us. And we're just like so blessed to have you here. So thank you for, for your, you know, being open and receptive to the podcast. It was my pleasure to be honest with you. Um, even on the guest, I'm actually very thankful for you guys for even one, creating this beautiful podcast and two, just even giving not even just myself, but other people an opportunity to kind of dissect and kind of interpret like a section of their life that a lot of people don't necessarily put a lot of thought into. And it's extremely needed. And as much as I'm grateful to be here, I'm actually really thankful to even have this conversation with you too. So thanks a lot. And definitely keep in touch. Great. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, you know, you should start a podcast. You should do your entire <laughs> yeah. thing. That, that, that message is needed, right? Like, you know, I'm sure there'd yeah. be a lot of people out there who'd love to hear about um, what you have to say or guests you have on about relationships, how to how to kind of mend those fences and and break through whatever gender stereotypes we might have and how to really reconnect and love each other again. So you know, and thank you for the the praise you threw on us. Because uh, again, like it, 
it makes us feel really good um, to have conversations like this with people and to spread the word. It's the end of the day is just to spread that message of uh, grief and love and, and growing together as a society. So, Jay, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been great. And if you could just give um, the listeners, anybody who listens to this podcast, sometimes our listeners want to contact the guests and uh, they either want to follow their social media or email them with feedback or questions or whatever. So if you could just let them know where they can find you, that would be great. Yeah, you can find me at Right His Wrongs, um, W-R-I-T-E, hiswrongs.com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, most social media networks. As Right His Wrongs, uh, the name of the book is From Heartbreaks to Love Notes, which you can purchase on the website. It's also available on Amazon and Amazon Europe, and there's an e-book also available worldwide. So, you know, you can Amazing. get the book there and just reach out to me at righthiswrongs.com or, you know, righthiswrongs at gmail.com. Perfect. Thank you. That that's ample ways to contact you, so that's great. And um I just I love your Instagram. I love following your Instagram, so I encourage anybody who's listening, who's into poetry, who's just into life in general, to to follow your Instagram. It's just a really cool, fresh perspective and just adds something really um innovative to my to my news feed. So I'm gonna keep following you and, and I hope that, that other people will be so inclined to as well. So yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me. John? Thank you, Jay, again. Um, amazing poet from Brooklyn, New York. Shut up, Brooklyn. Please check <laughs> out our platform at griefdreams.ca for more information. I like shouting out places. Um, <laughs> if you have Facebook, you can join the Grief Dreams Facebook group. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter, at Grief Dreams. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and many other podcasting platforms. And if you're interested in being a guest on our podcast, please email us your story and what you would like to share at griefdreamspodcast at gmail.com. And you never know who's listening. If you share your story, it might be helping out a lot of different people. So, And we like to end it with love and gratitude from us to you. beginning.